Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. I need to know, is it, is, is this it? Is this the Nirvana that we've all been like missing? Uh, is this the, this is, this is what it's all about now? Well, I, I, it's a really good question. <laughs> that is the question as well. That is the that question. Is, is this the Nirvana we've all been waiting for? <laughs> Greetings. Welcome to another episode of the Guitar Smarts podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. This week, uh, I'm finally getting finally getting to grips with the Helix and I've got the full rig going and we're having a proper discussion now on how it feels so far to have made this change in my in my rig, in my guitar setup um, and all the things I'm discovering and all the ways of playing and ways of setting up my rig and the creativity that having this Helix affords me. It's a really deep dive really into what I've found so far, you know, my first initial impressions of using this bit of kit. Anyway, come and join us on our social media pages. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts and on instagram as well uh, the handle at guitar underscore smarts now if you want to support the show maybe have a look at some of our merchandise you can find us on etsy at our um, etsy store just go there and look for guitar smarts and if you want to donate something to the show you can do that via buymeacoffee.com forward slash guitar smarts um, any donations made towards the running of the show is very welcome indeed but simply just rating this podcast in your favorite podcast app is a fantastic way of supporting the show helping us to get to the ears of more guitar podcast listeners anyway that's enough waffle from me on with the show well matt it's good to be back because we've had a bit of a you know obviously we've had a bit of a break for a couple of weeks um so we've got some catching up to do because we have um i mean i've got loads of stuff to tell you (laughs) great Well, I finally, finally got to the end of my process of selling everything. You know, yeah. literally, it's, 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 isn't it weird? Kind of like selling stuff. I've never sold stuff on Reverb before. I've always used eBay in the past. Reverb was a dream um, mm. to sell stuff on. The pro- whole process from start to to finish to you know selling and stuff is has been fantastic. But it's weird how like I would go, I, I would literally go weeks without selling anything, and then one day I'd come along and then three or four things would go. Okay. And it's it's bizarre how it happened like that, but. But I managed to sell everything. From a financial point of view, it worked out. I, I could have worked it out more perfectly. I mean, it's <laughs> literally almost to the pound what I've sold has paid for all yeah. the stuff that I wanted to get. So I've managed to completely change my rig for yeah. effectively like zero cost. 
Yeah. I mean, she's been fantastic, but um, well, I, you know, I'll go into more detail soon. But what about what about you? Over the last few weeks, have you been able to play much? Have you been doing much guitar stuff at all to try and keep your mind off the COVID? Well, yeah. So, yeah, as you said, we've had a few weeks break because we've both respectively had, had the dreaded COVID. Um, so, yeah, I've just come out of my... 10 days isolation and it was it was pretty pretty miserable and pretty horrible um so up up until up until that I, I was yeah absolutely gigging full on and um out there probably not in the safest of situations and things but you don't realize that until until you get struck down with it so um so yeah uh have i been playing a lot of guitar yes up until 10 days ago uh and then i i did a gig uh got covid at the gig and uh then was laid up uh for for the next next 10 days and it kind of made me realize actually that um as much as i love gigging and as much as i like being back out there and and playing music i've got to i've got to be doing it in a way that makes me feel comfortable and safe for my my kind of friends and family and those around me Mm -hmm. and unfortunately uh the band that i've been with for the last kind of six months or so as much as as i loved playing with them it was it was definitely a wake up to say actually um if if we're not going to go out there in a way that is conducive to to kind of the world that we live in now and uh and if we're not going to look out for each other and you know uh basically keep ourselves safe then it's then it's not an environment that i want to be to be playing in so um so for the time being i'm going to take a break uh from from gigging and i've let that band know that sadly um we're going to be parting ways um and yeah i think that's the first time that i've ever had to had to turn down gigs and uh and and not play with a band based on the risk of of like pandemic infections but uh that's it's it's certainly i tell you what it's certainly when you're sitting there like fully uh ensconced with the symptoms of covid and you think actually you know what i can't i can't do this um and and i don't want to get this this again just just through circumstances that are avoidable so so it's meant now that um i'm gonna i'm gonna pursue some different uh avenues there are some uh other uh kind of musicians and bands that i'm looking at um uh, playing with but i think i'll be making it very clear that i'm not prepared to to gig in in crazy environments that are just clearly clearly not safe uh so so yeah i've got um i've got some practicing and some some playing at home to do uh but yeah over the last couple of weeks i must say um i've enjoyed just having a break from playing guitar if i'm honest mm. uh ha- haven't haven't felt the, the, the desire or need to to pick it up in and and really spend any time you know you think when you're going to go into isolation with covid that you might you know just sit and, sit and just play guitar it's time to write the album but i have had i've had no desire to do any of that it was uh yeah but uh amongst many other things just just couldn't couldn't fathom the energy but i must say now that i'm on the other side of it i'm kind of like okay i want to want to do some playing now so so yeah that's been my couple of weeks mate a bit of a a bit of a bleak a bleak tale and a bit of a a a reckoning point for me in terms of okay uh Mm. do i want to be out there gigging at the sake of everything else and the and the answer is is no so so yeah i'll be i'll be looking for for some more musical pursuits now that that um i feel comfortable doing yeah that's 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 cool i was just gonna say actually because um it's almost like you've got an opportunity, haven't you, to 
to kind of take a fresh approach to yeah. guitar playing again because I, you know, over this past kind of six months or so, I mean, it's about six months, isn't it? You've been in that band, yeah, something it like is. That. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, when you join the band, you one of the things I remember us talking about is it being you know like a hard rock band, and yeah. um, and you sorted yourself out with a couple of new like Tokai guitars and got them all set up yeah, and stuff like that, and they're really nice. And, and I kind of <laughs> thought, um, you know, when 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 you were talking about you know doing less gigging now and having a break from it and stuff have you kind of had the time to reflect on how being in this band has maybe changed your approach to playing because you've you know set up your rig in such a way and and, and got guitars quite specifically for that band have you noticed a difference in how you've been playing guitar and approaching guitar oh for sure yeah Yeah, absolutely um and uh, that kind of realization of that was it was yesterday actually it was the first time that I, that I felt the need to pick up a guitar after after the, after covid mm. and i thought oh you know what i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to play a strat because <laughs> i haven't played a strat for like 6 months yeah. like could you know what? i haven't yeah. right I mean, it's just been full on les paul rock shenanigans and and in fact my entire pedal board geared up around that and and for so long my pedal board and and sound had been that of a of of, of a strat yeah. through the fender amp and and all the pedals were conducive to kind of getting me those bluesy Stevie Ray, John Mayer-esque type, type tones. Mm. So I plugged in the Strat and uh, into my pedal board. And, just, and, and the first re- realisation was uh, how, how different it was to, to playing the Les Pauls that I've been playing for the last six months. But also that my pedal board just was completely wrong for this Strat. There was like no usable tones mm. that I really enjoyed. And when I looked at my board, it's completely unrecognisable to, to the board that I had, you know, prior to, to gigging in this rock band. Yeah. Everything on that board is set up in terms of signal chain, in terms of gain staging it's all set up to, to to work with the les pauls and to create um you know different shades of of, of classic rock uh tone so it's kind of like ah oh, right i might need to i might need to build a separate board yeah. <laughs> this will be my like yes. rock board and then i'll have like a blues board yeah. and uh, I've, I've probably got the spare pedals <laughs> to do it actually so uh so yeah uh so that so it's changed my approach in in, in one way yeah. which is I'd realised how through through getting the the the, the, the tock eyes and and uh, moving my board over to be uh, right for this band with with the amps that I'm using, I'd, I'd completely you know funneled my tone and choices into a very specific niche genre. What I must, what I will say though, is I was absolutely delighted with the rig that I was going out with for this band. I know now that 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 configuration of pedals with that um, amp and and with those Les Pauls. That is absolutely my versatile rock uh, rig that I that would, was behaving, performing, and consistently as well. Every gig, you know, irrespective of venue, I was like, yes, I've got my sound, and I was really pleased with it. And probably the more the most pleased I've been with a a, 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 a gigging setup. Uh, ever, yeah. I think, in terms of just consistency at each gig mm. on and, and predictability, and how to dial in some slight tweaks and changes just with EQ to, to compensate at a venue. So, 
Um, I won't be um, I won't be dismantling that board anytime soon. I think actually I might just build a smaller, um, just kind of more bluesy board as a as a second board and just keep this as as that. So mm. yeah, good, were you, good question. Were you still using your Fender? I was. Um, yeah, on those rock gigs. You were. Yeah, I, I, that still handled everything okay. And it and it handled everything okay. Yeah. So that was the that was the kind of the test because I love the headroom on on that amp. Um, I love the the fact that it's um, got bags of power and um, but yet it's still a relatively small, relatively easy to, to lug around piece of kit. It's not a huge, huge amp. It's not the smallest amp, but it kind of sits nicely in the middle, and and it's been really reliable for me. Plus, it just means um, you know I can I can just have different boards without having to then go and buy lots of different amps and things. So I didn't I wasn't tempted to go and, and get you know a Mesa Boogie or a, or a Marshall just just for this for this outfit I, I was i was really pleased that i was able to get all of the tones that i wanted just through mm. through pedals and um and that amp really does behave really well with different pedals and you can get super super rock marshall-esque tones out of a fender a blues deluxe uh just by utilizing the right pedals and the right guitar in front of it it's easily doable yeah well you've proved it you've proved it brilliantly and you en- and you're enjoying it yeah. as well weren't you so you're enjoying that sound enjoying that rig like you said you were you were lucky that you had something which i've been craving for ages which is you were, you had your sound and you had it at gigs and you were enjoying your sound at gigs and that's you know that was yeah. um that's the thing that was the primary thing that's made me do this helix thing changing yeah. my rig to be a complete modeling setup instead of actually having a guitar amp and pedals is to not just kind of you know um try that route but to kind of try and preserve something for myself which i i don't get at the type of gigs i do which is you know a sound for myself to to kind of enjoy um but man, let me tell you. So talk us through it. I've got to, I've got to hear this, right? Oh. So, so we, so what we know, what I know so far, because a lot of the excitement phase of this has happened while I've been in lockdown. So you've sent me a few texts and things, but, uh, yeah. so you, you, uh, absolutely, as you said, right. So you wanted to get that more consistent, uh, tone at, at, at gigs, but also to be able to hear yourself, uh, more clearly and have more control over what was going on, uh, in front of you. Uh, and, uh, you, so you had this idea to sell everything and go full full hog down the Helix modelling route, uh, which uh, yeah, I still still puts a smile on my face. The fact that you just went, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. So you've done it, and by all accounts, you've done it incredibly successfully with your one in one out principle. So you've sold yeah. everything, uh, and you've been able to utilise that money to purchase uh, this this Helix. Uh, so and that's just, that's pretty much. Where our discussions got to uh, via yeah. text and today so now i need to i need to hear like i need to hear the initial impressions i need to know how you've connected it and and what you've <laughs> what what kind of patches you've built i need to i need to i need to know i need to know is it is is this it is this the nirvana that we've all been like missing uh, is this the this is this is what it's all about now well i i it's a really good question <laughs> that is the question as well that is, the that question. Is, is this the nirvana we've all been waiting for Sorry to interrupt this really interesting conversation, but if you've listened this far, then maybe you should subscribe to the Guitar Smarts podcast. Pause the show now, go away and subscribe, and then come straight back. Let's get to it. 
<laughs> well, like I said, this is the, the motivation behind this we've discussed before, right? It's not just about me. This isn't about me thinking, and I still don't think that modeling or, or modeling equipment is superior to, you know, the, the more traditional setup of a, of a decent guitar amp. The, the problem has been the circumstances under which I've been gigging and the circumstances under which I will continue to gig probably in the future. Actually being in a band, I'm kind of committed to with the same group of people going out gigging week after week. That kind of thing probably won't happen again for me, maybe in the future. But for the time being, um, I enjoy playing guitar at home and I do five or six gigs a year, maybe for like a, for depping for friends in their wedding bands. And it's just turn up and play a set of music. It's not the same thing as, you know, having a, a my own band with a consistent sound or anything like that. It's kind of, there's a set of music I've got to learn and then play for. And, and, the, and the circumstances are often or have been recently such that um, having the time and the ability and and the support from, you know, the, the either the venue, the event or the, or the band itself to be able to spend time working and getting my sound right at the gig has just been non-existent. There's been no yeah. ability. And, and when you've got a more traditional setup of a guitar amp and a pedal board and different pedals, it becomes incredibly difficult to then um, get that feeling and sounding right. So really going down this route has been about changing that part of, of things because what's because I've been like, what's the point of having a decent carbon and, and, and amp and pedals if I can just never hear them and never get them sounding right at a gig because there's no opportunity to do a sound check. There's no, you know, no decent monitoring, you know, because the events haven't allowed that to happen. So I thought, well, if I go down a modeling route, I can create presets, I can create patches, I can do various things. I can create a, a you know, a modeled rig that I know has a consistent sound that I can give to the sound guy over XLR and I can monitor myself and, and have, you know, and I always have the same great sound from gig to gig. That's been the ethos behind it. But cutting to the chest, going forward to having this kit now, having sold enough stuff to, to then buy, you know, the modeling gear, which has been, like I said earlier on, incredibly successful. I, I was, I was hoping at the beginning, I was going, I hope I sell everything for enough to be able to, um, you know, buy the stuff I need. And it's literally yeah. been, like I said, it, it, you know, almost to the pound, you know, perfectly. And it just, I haven't had the chance yet to kind of try it at full volume. Um, I'm going to do that in like a rehearsal room next week, just get a cool. rehearsal room for myself and gone, you know, but I've been, I've been spending a lot of time researching how to best build patches, how to EQ things effectively so that things sound better, reading about impulse responses and how to get the most out of what's in a helix. And I am honestly, I'm, I'm just utterly blown away by how really? this thing sounds. I mean, I've never enjoyed playing guitar this much. It's brought wow. out more of a guitarist in me and it sounds incredible. Now you just mentioned, um, I, you know, I, I, your rig as it is at the moment doesn't work for you with a strap. No. I literally just, I spent last night, I built a preset, which I've called pub, pub preset. Cause I thought if I do a yeah. pub gig or something, this is a perfect yes. preset for it. It's just like a fendery kind of amp with a few drive pedals and some effects and things. And it's all, it's in stomp mode. So I can turn all the pedals on and off using the, using the buttons. Great. And I thought, I don't know if that works for my Les Paul. And it doesn't. So, <laughs> so I just, I just copied the preset and created it and he re queued it and readjusted some gain structure. And now I've got a preset, which is effectively a different rig for my Les Paul. That's it. But instead of building a new board, it's just another preset. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got to say, um, one of the things I've realized is the most powerful thing about having a modeling rig like this isn't about, 
it's not about the sounds that are available to you. It's, it's really about that flexibility. Um, mm. I can really see now why these things are so incredibly popular with um, session guys and people that do a lot of gigs for a lot of different bands. Um, yeah. Because it's not just about the different sounds that they can get, but it's about the flexibility of the various features. So, so for example... <laughs> Um, let's say um, I've built a rig. Let's say I've built a, a, a rig in my Helix, which is like your rig. It's a Fender amp. Um, sure. But let's let's say let, let's say your favorite um, your favorite lead tone in your amp is actually with the drive. You know, the drive on your amp is higher than you would have it for your clean sound. Now, in your gig, you can't easily just walk up before a guitar solo and turn the gain up. But in my exactly. Helix, I can do that. I don't have to have one of my foot pedals assigned to a pedal that's in my rig. I can assign a foot pedal to pretty much anything. I could have a foot pedal that changes the gain on the amp up and down as I want it to. Hmm. So I've got increased flexibility in my rig now that I can't have with an analog rig. Again, whether or not it sounds as good as an analog rig or not is not what I'm kind of getting to I'm it talking does. about. I <laughs> I don't, I, it's... To my ears, it sounds as good as anything I've ever had before, you know, but um, I, I've only played it through headphones so far. Yeah. Um, but there's things like that where I, I can kind of, I can think differently now about how I get my sounds. So mm. I actually don't even have to have, for example, I don't even have to have a drive in my, you know, rig anymore, like a drive, a model drive pedal. Um, yeah. I can have two different amps if I want and use my yeah. pedals to change the mix and the gain structure of those two different amps for my different sounds, which again is something you can't do with analog equipment. So yeah. so here's the thing now. Now you're starting to think, well, hang on, what else can I do that I can't do with an analog setup? Because I've got this to effectively replace an analog setup, but it can do more. Of course. Yeah. I can assign so many different things to different pedals. I can, you know, I can have snapshots as well, which is something that's really cool in the Helix, which is like a preset within a preset. So I can build a rig and that rig can be a single preset, but maybe I want to have a pedal that turns on my drive pedal, my delay and my chorus because I want a big lead sound. Well, I can just assign all those actions to one pedal and that way I can continue to turn everything on and off if I want it, like you would with a pedal board, but it's kind of like having a gig rig, you know, like your gig rig G2 or G3 where you would have presets set up. So you can do that. But again, you can assign things to those snapshots like MIDI changes and, and um, you know, you can change, if you're going into a guitar amp, you could change the channel on your guitar amp. So it's just so powerful, the different things you can do with it. So that's where I'm at with it at the moment. I'm trying to kind of think creatively about, you know, what else can I do with this thing to change my sound? You know, if I, you know, beforehand, maybe with a guitar amp, like I said before, if you wanted a better lead sound, you might think, well, I need to maybe get a different pedal. Well, now I don't have to even have a pedal. I can just change an amp. Yeah. You know. And then there's, there's things that obviously I won't do with it, but I'm realising you can do that because I'm seeing other people do. So there's a guy on, on YouTube called Steve Sterlacci, who's a, a US-based guy who's got a YouTube channel and he talks a lot about modelling. He uses mm -hmm. it live. Um, and now Helix has this thing where you've got two sig paths in the Helix. You can join them together. So you've got one long signal path or you can make each signal path stereo or you can have just, you can just have them completely independent. Sure. And one of the things he does does um, is when he gigs with um, the lady that he plays for, and she's a guitarist as well, like the country scene, she and him are going through the same helix 
Hmm. So he's got wow. an input for her, and then she's got her own signal chain, and he's got an input for him, and he's got his signal chain. And then they have presets for songs with different snapshots for different, you know, like verse, chorus, and whatever. Yeah. And whenever he yeah. selects those snapshots, it's changing the sounds for him and her on two separate signal chains using That's two different crazy. amp models, different pedals, and things. So effectively, he's kind of queuing up different sounds through different songs, and just with one press of a button, she's her rhythm tones changing, his lead tones changing and then the next preset or the next snapshot is the next part of the song how powerful is that how cool is that to be able to have a system that's not just i mean you could do that for bass and guitar you know if you were in a band and your bassist amp blows up you could actually quickly set up on the helix a separate signal path unaffected by what you play for the bassist with a bass amp in there that's going straight to the pa Uh, it's just so powerful that's that's the thing that it's it's beyond i think i looked at it at the beginning as a replacement for an analog thing it's more powerful Powerful than that. It's it's yeah. beyond just that. It's hey, we can sound like an analog setup, but there's so much more you can do with it, and how you're creative with that. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just, yeah. I'm still <laughs> I'm still it's circling a, that drain. I was going to say, it, you know, it, exactly. <laughs> I remember this feeling. I remember this feeling well. Uh, at least the concept of this when when I when I was into the whole Line Six uh, modeling stuff years ago. And I went out with the Line 6 Pod XT, which is the floor-based version. Mm. Arguably no way near as powerful or sophisticated as now what, what you've got with your Helix. But just in terms of principle of having like this un- awakening moment where you can go, I can, I can literally create any signal chain that I want. And yeah, as you say, I don't need to derive my, my drives and, and gain staging from pedals. Now I can just do it by running a different amp head at a different setting and, and all of the, all of the different configurations of cabinets that I could do with heads. So no longer was I limited to just thinking, Oh, well, if I want to have a Marshall sound, then that's going to be like, you know, a Marshall preset. It's like, well, no, you can take a, like a, a JCM 800 head and run it through like a, a blackface cab if you want. And then, you know, model it to be mic'd up in a different way using different mics. And all of it, all of a sudden you just, your mind starts to explode at the infinite number of weird and wonderful combinations that you could come up with. So, but I remember, I remember a few things. I remember one feeling the incredible amount of creativity and the coolness of just being able to one day think, I wonder what this would sound like if I, if I ran this amp with this set of, you know, Mm. configurations Mm. and this kind of signal chain and, and you could go and do that. Right. So you can, okay, it's not the exact thing, but you know, we're talking about modeling that is getting so close now that your creativity can, can really be kind of satisfied. So, so I remember that being infinitely cool. I then one of the other things that I remembered conceptually was just when I thought I'd figured out how the how the unit worked and how to best set it up and how to best run it uh, with it with you know either through a desk or through a, uh, like a cabinet to, to amplify. All of a sudden, I would figure out a whole bunch of different settings that I hadn't really fully appreciated or learned, and so then it would change my kind of whole yeah. philosophy on how I. So I was like, oh, I thought I'd got it all set up exactly how I should, and now I've realised that I was doing bits of it wrong. So there was the there was the constant uh, like. 
like uh, I guess discovery of of different ways of of using the piece of kit, which which just constantly was fun, but also kind of blew my mind when I realised that I could. There was still so much more about this thing that I didn't know, even though I was really like quite accomplished at, at using it after a, after a period of time. So. And that, yeah, uh, I, so so I, I, I yeah you might you must you must be feeling like this this equal mix of like huge excitement but also kind of uh, I don't know anxiety at, at how you're going to get to grips with all of this. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm a little bit through that anxiety now. There was an anxiety That's at the good. beginning because um, it actually wasn't that easy to get it sounding great. You know, some of the presets right. in there are fantastic, but when you think about it, the factory presets are made by people with different guitars in different rooms and you've got to kind of remember sometimes they're made there to just kind of accentuate an effect that might be available or you know it's kind of like you know a showcase of what it can do rather than a bunch of really usable sounds so you're kind of looking for examples of of how things are made but once you just spend some time I mean here's the thing right Um, it made me realise at first that maybe I've I've come to trust my ears a little bit less over the last couple of years from not gigging enough and not really doing any sound engineering anymore like I used to when you're really kind of forced to say to yourself I have to make a judgement here what do I need to do to make something sound good whether that's gain staging whether that's equalisation volume you know whatever it is you you kind of get practised at that when you're creating tones or if you're working with sound quite a lot so when I've been first building sounds with this Helix I've been kind of having to really question myself like does it do I really know what sounds good and what sounds bad and in the end I've just had to say to myself well the more I do this the more I'm going to be moved by the sounds I make the more I'm going to start going okay yeah. no, that does sound good or that mm, that does need some change or I need to experiment and think to myself well maybe this sounds a bit too dark and then think to myself well what what can I do I can go into the amp settings and the amp EQ I mm-hmm. can bring the treble up or I can bring the bass down or I can go into global EQ settings what can I do is it you know you start thinking and experimenting and slowly I'm building that trust back up in my own ears and COVID hasn't helped, by the way, because I lost my hearing in my left ear quite a lot from, you know, from Yeah, congestion. a few people have. Yeah, it's coming yeah, back now. It's, 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 I'm feeling yeah. like my hearing in general is still down, but the balance is back. Um, so I've yeah. kind of have been dealing with that as I've got it. So so that's been an interesting thing, actually building some trust in like, well, what actually sounds good? And then, you know, I've been trying to replicate some guitar sounds as well. So trying to try and sound like <laughs> things that I like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the greatest things that you can do with some of this yeah, model stuff. Yeah, exactly. Go, all of a sudden now I own all of these rigs yeah. I mean they're, they're, they're built into this modelled thing but it's just like I've always wanted to know what my guitar would sound like yeah. if I plugged it through you know yeah whatever exactly a, a yeah. 1950s whatever yeah so <laughs> amazing that is, that amazing. is the great so, thing you know like one of the first rigs I tried to build was with a like a Soldano based amp I was trying to think oh, right. I get that Clapton I want to know yeah. this, right? So I want to know. I want to know, and, and and you can't be bashful or humble because this is this is what everyone listening wants to know. What are the, what are the rigs, the fantasy rigs of of, of of artists that you have already tried, to, and which ones have you liked, and which ones haven't? So clearly, yeah. for you, Matthew Oliver, the first thing you were always going to do was build like a Clapton Soldano rig. Yeah. 
And I realise now that I can't do that without a Clapton Strat with less sense of pickups. And, uh, <laughs> well, let's go shopping. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, but yeah, that, that, that I've tried doing that. I try, I've been trying to, I was learning some kind of Robin Ford licks as well. And I thought, right. you know, if there's any amp that you can't buy, it's got to be a Dumble Overdrive Special, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of kit there. So yeah. um, there is a, a Dumble model in there, but it's the light, it's called the Litigator, the Line 6 Litigator. That's meant to be based okay. on a Dumble circuit, a model Dumble circuit. So I've been playing around with that and getting some really great sounds out of that amp. But that's one of those amps which actually is great to set up with different gain structures. So rather than just having it as like a clean amp and then if you want a lead sound, having a, a drive, you know, you want a lead sound, then have a pedal that sets the gain higher in the helix on the amp so that you get more kind of natural amp. So that's a really great sounding rig. Um, I haven't tried doing a Steve Luke of the type rig yet. What? No! Well, I think your project for the week is you've yeah. got to, you've got to surely uh, have a go at Luca the rest rig. There's, there's, there's a, there's a Bogner amp model in there. So, you yeah. know, he's currently using, I think, Bogner's. Yeah. So I could put like a stereo Bogner rig together in there with some, you know, tri stereo chorus after the amps and, you know, <laughs> yeah. could do all kinds of, uh, and that's, that's probably what I'm going to end up doing tonight. Now I'm already yeah. excited about it as I'm talking about yeah. it. Definitely. <laughs> that is the, mate, that is the single best thing to do with any piece of modeling gear yeah. is just go, right. I, I want to see how close I can get to, uh, my, some of my favorite guitarist sounds. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, yeah. But it's a, but it's a really good way as well of teaching you yourself if you're new to modeling, which you're not, but for people listening, it's a really good way of kind of teaching you how to get to grips with the kit as well, because the, the beauty of it is the limitless potential and the, the curse of it is the limitless potential. And you just kind of get, end up kind of just, just yeah. going, ah, oh, well, I've, I've, you know, I've been playing the guitar now for two hours, but I haven't really, I've just been twiddling knobs for like yeah. two hours because I'm constantly trying to, trying to chase something. So one, one way of just stemming the madness is to just go, okay, well, tonight, the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to try and create, you know, Clapton's rig and and just have fun just doing that. So you kind of almost narrow the scope of what you're going to try and do on that particular session, or you're just going to go, right, I'm going to build a pub rig mm. for, you know, uh, with what I would take out from if I'm playing my Fender Strat or whatever, exactly like you've done. That's a, that's a good yeah. way of just focusing the mind otherwise yeah, as you say you just end up circling that drain of <laughs> kind of where am I going where am I going with my pits? yeah that is you've hit the nail on the head though that is the that is the key thing that I that I've had to do to make sure I'm getting good sounds out of this thing which is to really focus down on what I want to achieve um and have something in mind for it so these last two presets I've made like I said I called them pub preset because I thought well if it, you know if, if somebody asks me tomorrow to go and do a pub gig with them. I want to have a preset that I can turn on with either my Strat or my Les Paul and know that I've got a range of sounds there that are suitable for being in a pub band, you know. So it's basically a very slightly overdriven amp, Fender-style thing that sounds great um, with a few drives in front of it, you know, a delay and a chorus and a reverb in the in the loop, effectively, of the amp. Uh, I've got a rotary speaker that I can turn on as well, which just sounds fantastic. Nice. So that's it. Yeah. That's all it is, basically. Um, but it just sounds 
sounds fantastic. It's all nicely tweaked, mm. and and I've, I keep working on it. You know, each day or every other day when I can, and just to kind of fine tune it here and there. But but now I know I've got a couple of presets that work really well for kind of a standard kind of gig, um, and some of the presets that I built at the beginning as well, which I thought sounded good. As I'm coming back to them now, I'm like, oh, hang on, no, it doesn't sound right. There's things that aren't right in the gain staging. So I know I'm getting better at building these things, um, becoming a bit more able to trust trust myself to trust that i'm making yeah. good sounds um, but there's so much information out there as well like i said from people on youtube some people like retchel and um steve sterlachi john john cordy some of these people that have youtube channels that really concentrate a lot on kind of you know creating tones and do a lot of stuff that's based on kind of modeling there's some really great information out there that really help you to kind of learn what things make the biggest difference in mm. you know spanning that last 10 percent. you know the helix really out of the box does sound fantastic it's it's 90 percent as good as kind of an analog system in terms of the sounds it can create um, but getting that last 10 percent out of it is really a difficult squeeze mm. you know it's <laughs> it's it takes a lot of time and an, e- an effort to really get it feeling natural because what it what it is is kind of you know your guitar amp sounds fantastic but when you listen to if you're listening to an album let's say you're listening to i'm going to give you an example let's say you're listening to um john mayles blues breakers album you know the beano album from the 60s and that's such a a revered album from a guitar tone point of view because it's one of the first recorded examples of somebody using a marshall amplifier of a les paul and overdriving the amp to its extremes right and a lot of people will say when you listen to that album that's really the sound of a les paul and a marshall but it isn't it's the sound of a les paul and a marshall a microphone at the other side of the room cable an old preamp you know that's been eq'd a lot what you're listening to is a signal chain of many different things other than just what the guitarist has brought to the studio and uh, that's really how you have to think about building these presets is what you're effectively building is when when you take a guitar amp and a pedal board to a gig what you're giving to your sound guy is part of that signal chain whereas when you take a helix or a kemper or a modeler or something you're giving them the whole signal chain you're saying here's my amp and pedals but also here's a microphone and a, and a room and a, you know a preamp effectively that I'm, I'm giving you a produced guitar sound now yeah. rather than just the raw kind of fundamentals so yeah you have to keep that in mind when you're creating your sounds which is a good thing right you're gonna you, your sound guy's gonna listen to it and go ah it sounds great yeah you know I don't have to eq a microphone I don't have to you know sort it out for feedback I don't have to ask you to turn up or down you're giving me everything I need but you have to think about that when you're creating your tones and your sounds as well but yeah man I mean I'm just I'm loving it it's great <laughs> so next so next steps is uh, did you buy a cab did you get your um, yeah I did I did I got a, okay. got a head rush FRFR 108 it's only a small one only yeah. like a but, but, but it's the reviews of them are fantastic uh, and the great thing about it is effectively more like a uh, like a PA speaker yeah. so I can use it in front of me as like a floor wedge I can have it behind me um, I could put it on a stand in the future if I ever wanted to do like an acoustic gig or something I mm-hmm. could use it as a single PA speaker yeah. just so many uses out of it I haven't had the chance to really try it yet um, I've got a case on order for it as well which should come soon so everything's all bagged up but I'm really looking forward to December 4th which is a gig I've got a gig on the Dece- December the 4th with some mates okay, for a cool. wedding gig yeah. 
uh, up in Hertfordshire, and that's going to be the first time this really gets tested mm. in a gig situation. I'm really looking forward to it. So exciting, man! So I keep spending, like I say, I keep spending a little bit of time, a bit more time with it because it, there's things as well. I keep thinking like building sounds is one thing, but what if at the gig I need to make a quick adjustment to an EQ, yeah, or something? I need to familiarise myself with the user interface. So I've been trying to spend a lot of time just questioning things myself. Right from here, where do I get to there? Yeah, and just trying to you know like over familiarise yourself with how yeah. to navigate <clears throat> it and get around. But it's just it's just magic. I mean, it really is just like this magical thing. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever go back to an analog setup. You know, a more traditional setup, should I say? I really don't know if I if I will. But I mean, so far it's it's definitely been the right thing to do, and you should do it too. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, everyone listening out there, yeah. you should you should do it. We're going to change this to the to the uh, Guitar Smarts podcast, but only if you're into model uh, stuff. Uh, May I'm I'm really tempted to to, yeah. to get back into it all, and um, I'm I'm so de- look, I'm delighted that first of all it's giving you the the, the reward and uh, kind of already early days the sense of of what you were hoping to achieve, and and it's brilliant that you've got a gig coming up soon as well to put it through its paces and and and, and try it try it out. Um, I'm really tempted to I I I don't know if I trust myself enough to go back into it. And by that, I mean, I remember the amount of time that I invested and spent building patches, building different signal chains and the line six stuff. And, and yeah, really enjoyed using it in a, in a live setting as well. Mm. But there is for me something liberating now about using a pedal board and a more analog setup, which allows me to, to, to stop playing at a certain point because of the yeah. limitations that are there yeah. and I guess it depends on the personality type like I'm massively compulsive and I get obsessed by small details and trivial details and marginal gains on stuff and I guess all of us that are gearheads and into playing like with all this equipment I have, have, have that to a certain extent but I just know that the best thing for me to do to protect myself from losing like myself down a deep deep hole that I will struggle to get back out of is not give myself that number of options because it will, it's, it will just be too much. And I'm quite enjoying the simplicity, uh, of, uh, well, that's the amp I've chosen. So that's the amp that I've got to go out with and make work. And, those are the pedals that I've got on the board. So again, I've got to, I've got to make them work yeah. and be, and sometimes that's, that's frustrating because you go, Oh, I, I just wish it would cut in a different way. Or I just wish that I had a bit more tone control on this bit, or I wish this pedal interacted with this pedal in a slightly better way or with a lower noise floor or, or whatever. But, but then you can't do anything about it. So then you just stop caring about that mm. and just worry about something else in life. And that kind of works for me. Whereas, <laughs> Whereas, you know, if I went down the Helix route, I just know because it is so versatile and it is so powerful and the, and the options are so limitless that I would end up losing myself and, and, and not, and not come back for a long time. <laughs> so could, I mean, I'm going to be devil's advocate here and try and go into it. Still. You could build, that, <laughs> build that restriction into your preset. If you wanted, you could have yeah. a preset that yeah. was a cranked Marshall and say, yeah. I'm just going to do this gig with that and I'm going to use my volume control for 
for everything. Yeah. It's still it's, to my ears the yeah. the biggest thing that that since I the last time I had something that was modelling esque was yeah. um, early line six stuff like a pod, you know, the old kidney yeah. bean thing. Um, when I was a student and where that let you down is in that kind of space between, you know, um, heavily overdriven and kind of crunch where you would turn your volume down and you wanted to kind of clean something up. Couldn't really handle that world between, you know, clean and, and, and high gain. This can all day long, you know, turning the, setting an amp at high gain and then using your volume to kind of adjust things. It just responds exactly like I have experienced it with more traditional amps. Mm. So, you know, you could build that restriction in and then at home play with, you know, creating crazy presets all day long. And then you can still go to your gig and just, you know, and you've got a Variax. You've got a Variax, (laughs) right? I don't know if the Variax you've got would still work with a Helix, but that's another thing. You know, if you owned a Variax guitar, you can plug that into the Helix and then, you know, your volume control on your Variax, you can change that to the gain control on the amp in in your thing if you want. How how cool is that? It is super cool. It is like it's it's it's, it's amazing, and uh, and that and it's for all those reasons why I get, I can't let myself go down that route because I know yeah. how cool that could be. Yeah, uh, and it and it will just it it will it will consume me in a like in a way where I will just want to try everything, and and I won't have the discipline to just to just limit limit myself. But having said that. Um, Having chatted to you, yeah. it has definitely made me think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig out the dig the out the old line six yeah. and the Variax. I'm going to, I'm going to do it this weekend and just plug it all back in and just <laughs> and just see. And if and if I if if it all of a sudden relights a flame of like, ah, oh, this is really cool. I've missed, I've missed all of this. Yeah. Then then maybe I'll start looking at. Uh, well, maybe I'll sell sell the old stuff like you did and and maybe upgrade it to a, to a little helix of, of some description just. To, to to have that, uh, so I, I am really tempted. I am really tempted. I got to give a I got to give a shout out as well to Rory Harvey, who I'd spoken to a lot since getting the Helix, because he's obviously used the Helix floor for a long time. He's now yes. also got the Helix uh, Stomp XL, which is a smaller version, less DSP. You can just do one signal path rather than the two. Can't okay. have the full, yeah. but he's got that because he's doing a lot more fly gigs now. So he's just right. flying out with a guitar and that in in the gig bag, and that's it. Um, but he's been really helpful in terms of giving ideas on on how to work around you know certain aspects of it, you know how to EQ things well so that things sound more natural, so mm. you get more of a room feel. Mm. Some of the settings that are good to look at to change to help you you know help, help make things feel more like an amp than it than it does really like a you know like a digital thing. Um, and so so thank you, Rory, for that. It's really really helpful. But I, I'm just yeah, I, like I said at the start, I'm, I'm blown away at the possibilities. And and finding more and more that having a focused approach to kind of tone crafting really helps you get the most out of it. But keeping in mind all those different possibilities that you have that just aren't available to you with a more traditional setup yeah. is really help makes you start thinking about where you can bring conveniences into your playing as well. Like I said about mm. having mm. snapshots, which is kind of like a preset within a preset, you know, um, yeah. is really helpful. And you know, I can assign anything to any button, so you know, I could have. I could have my drives on the top four. I could have a couple of snapshots and I can have immediate access to two different presets as well. You know, so I can have this like, you know, like Houston control center. 
your flight control center of <laughs> of buttons to press that just make life convenient during a gig. No more will I ever have to press two drive pedals, a chorus, and a delay at the end of a guitar solo to quickly turn all those sounds off. I can just click a preset, yeah. or I can click a snapshot, or I can you know make some easy little adjustments. And it's got an expression pedal on it, so it's a volume pedal or a wah pedal, or, or I can again I can assign that to anything. I could assign that to my delay mix, so my delay can always yeah. be on, uh, but I'll just slowly bring it in or out you know it's just so much possibility um got a looper built in as well it's just it's just i'm just astonished really at the bang for the buck that you that you get out of it it's great and that's the thing isn't it It, that versatility and that power it comes at a really modest price these days um, for, for what you're getting. And, and in terms of sound quality as well, it's, uh, you know, it's it's really tempting stuff. Well, I look, mate, I look forward to hearing some more bits of it. I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. Um, I want to, let's see how you get on with building, building a, a, a pseudo Lukather rig out of it this week. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know how that goes next week. I'm going to try that tonight. <laughs> you definitely got well, to. He's got a lot of different tones. I'm trying, I'm going to try and think um for me some of my some of my favorite sounds of his were from the seventh one um album mm. you know that's got um well yeah so many tracks on that's just fantastic um but i love the tones from that all those kind of heavily chorus smooth drive tones i'm gonna yeah. try and uh simulate some tones from one of the songs and maybe do like a bit of a play along and yeah <laughs> Definitely, definitely. You should, man. That is one of the benefits of this thing. Is like, how close can you get with modelled gear to uh, to to, to real life rigs that costs? you know, 20 times, 30 times more and would be completely impractical to own for the every, everyday musician. Mm. That's, that's, that's definitely what you can, what you can deliver through, the, through this Helix. It's amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. Cool, oh, man. <laughs> cool, man. Well, so plans for this week now that you're out of out of lockdown and you're recovering and feeling a bit better, are you going to get back into doing a bit yeah. of practice at home, a bit of playing just for yourself? I am. I am. Yeah, there's... um. There's, uh, there's a bit of stuff I want to do to some of the guitars uh, as well. I want to get, I want to get my strats back up and uh, playing nicely again and, you know, get, get them, uh, uh, strings changed on them. I'm, I might um, get myself a little board put together, which has just got some, some of the pedals that I really like using with strats. So I might build a, build a, a little second board uh, this week. Um, contemplating getting myself back out there and finding a different uh different bunch of musicians to play with mm. um i have enjoyed gigging uh albeit i don't i don't want to be gigging every single weekend two or three times a weekend that's probably too much for me but um there's a couple of people that i want to reach out to and see see if we can get something up and running and get something uh uh together for a, for a, a little mm. band or of some description so get getting on to that and then um yeah, last night for inspiration, I just uh, uh, I just listened to music and watched a whole bunch of live concerts that I own on DVD or Blu-ray just to kind of get my my head kind of just back into to, yeah. to playing and thinking about what I want to be playing. And that was brilliant. I, I, I had a great evening last night just sitting watching uh, concerts. Uh, I watched some of the uh, San 
Santana Supernatural tour from back in the day. That was great fun. I watched um, all this time the oh. Sting uh, concert that he did in in his villa. I watched yeah. that in from from start to finish last night. I was up until like one in the morning just watching live live music stuff. Uh, that was a great great concert. And then as things invariably do, where the light is, the John Mayer concert went into the Blu-ray player, and I watched that and just just realised that there is no hope for for, for me mortals and that I'll probably just sell all the yeah. guitars and and, uh, and and just and just call it a day because that's just a ridiculous gig <laughs> Man, have you have you, you were just talking about like watching stuff and you know catching up on you know being inspired yeah. have you ever seen a documentary from 2002 called Standing in the Shadows of Motown no right so this is a recommendation to you yeah. and to anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it I haven't watched it for a long time but it's a documentary about the Funk Brothers which is okay. uh, it's basically the it was the house band of Motown Records during wow. the 60s. Wow. And it's an incredible documentary about these musicians who backed up, you know, people like Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder yeah. and stuff. Uh, but what the what the documentary also did was get them all back together for a live performance. Mm. So the documentary go, follows, you know, the different musicians uh, and talks about their lives and, you know, follows them in Detroit and stuff. But the musical performances in, you know, from, um, from that band, you know, with people like Chaka Khan, Montel Jordan, Joan Osborne, Ben Harper. There's so many different guests and they do so many amazing performances. I really recommend that. That's that's one of the best uh, musical documentaries I've ever seen. Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Wow. You've got to go and, go and get that and watch it. It's incredible. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, I will. Really great documentary. I'm going to, I haven't watched it for years, actually. You just reminded me of it when you were talking about watching different yeah. things. It's a really great documentary. Yeah. Oh, good, good tip, man. Yes, I'll definitely watch that. I'm, I'm fully, fully uh, into Motown. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to some, some really cool Motown stuff last night as well. Uh, plus the new Bruno Mars album that's just come out. <clears throat> it's got some some very very cool. Yeah, I need to check that out. I like well. it. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, very innovative artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some good stuff on that as well. Uh, cool man. Brilliant. And then and then yourself this week. Uh, more more Helix fun, more shenanigans, <laughs> and you've got to get ready for this gig on the fourth of December. Don't yeah, forget. I know. With all of the with all with all the playing, you've got to build a set of patches for yeah, that. Exactly, That's only yeah. two weeks. Exactly. Away. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm probably going to build about 12 patches for it. I'll probably just every night go, oh, I'll try and improve it. I'll just copy it and to improve it. And I'll keep playing around. And then by the time the gig comes around, I'll be like, which one was I going to use? So I have to, I have to be careful. I don't overcomplicate my life with this thing. I've got to kind of you know, exactly. commit to something. But yeah, there is going to be a lot of that, a lot of kind of, um, you know, sort of tone shaping and kind of getting yeah. myself used to different things and experimenting. Um, but trying to do a bit of practice as well, you know, every week just on something, uh, just to try and that's feel good. like I'm progressing in different things. But um, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, mainly that's all I'm going to be doing, really. I'm still just going to be playing with this yeah. Helix and getting more used <laughs> Play to with it. And- too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's me, man. Cool, man. Brilliant stuff. Well, I look forward to catching up with you next week and seeing, seeing how you get on. And then... Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk more things guitar. Fantastic. Looking forward to it, buddy. Have a cracking week. Glad glad yeah. to see you looking better and healthy. Thanks, mate. And, Thanks. Uh, and I'll speak to you next week. Cheers, Matt. Good chat, mate. All Take the best, care. bud. Mate. Bye, mate. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week for more. Really appreciate you uh, coming and listening each and every week. Um, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and also check us out on YouTube. We are available to listen to on YouTube currently as waveform-only videos. Uh, so come and have a listen to us there if that's more convenient. Anyway, have a good week. Speak soon. Take care.